It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey everybody, this is Larry the Cable Guy. Check this out. So I'm in my truck driving with my buddy, and we was heading up to the man's warehouse to fart in the suits, and he's listening to his phone. And I said, that sounds like Hermie Sadler. He said, it is Hermie Sadler. He's got a podcast called Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator. I said, Sadler and the Senator? He said, yeah, that's his good buddy, Virginia State Senator Bill Stanley. I said, well, what in the world? He didn't know this. I said, did you know? That Hermie Sadler was voted one of the 50 best-looking drivers in NASCAR? He said, I did not know that. I said, because it ain't true. <laughs> you never know, though. He never takes off his helmet. But I know one thing. This show, Leaning Right, Turning Left, is good. So pull up a chair right there by your phone, get yourself a cold beer, and give a listen right here to this week's episode of Leaning Right, Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator. I'll tell you what, I bet Michael Waltrip's even listening. He's always wanted to do something like that. Oh, Sadler, got another one over on Waltrip. Get her done! I'm Virginia State Senator Bill Stanley, and I'm leaning right. And I'm Hermie Sadler, and I'm turning left. Another edition of Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator, powered by Pacematic. Ermy, how are you, sir? Doing great, brother. How are you? I'm doing great. And we are looking out on a wonderful Virginia piece of history in racing, a, a spectacle of, of what has gone around this track many times before and will in the future. We here are here at South Boston Speedway. A lot this of was your idea, too. Yeah, I spent a lot of weekends at South Boston Speedway growing up, first of all, watching the old late model sportsman racers back in the late 70s early 80s including my uncle bud elliott used to come up here and watch bud elliott jeff bodine sam r tommy houston i mean the list goes on and on and then eventually getting to race here myself and then my brother came along of course and uh, was a track champion at south boston speedway and got a grandstand Named after you, but you know we were you were supposed to come to Emporia, yep, for some for some for some work, had some court, and uh, and that got uh, postponed. I guess they're working on a courthouse in Emporia. I, I think it's uh, been condemned, or there's something wrong with it. They're not allowing people inside of it. But not, not allowing people inside the courtroom yeah. in Emporia, and it's not COVID, so something's going on there. So, so my court case, you know, was, case so, was canceled. Yeah, so just so people know, we were gonna after you finished working in the court, we were gonna get together and and record the podcast and so being as that got canceled we decided to meet in the middle between emporia and franklin county and no better place than to do that than right here at south boston speedway so we figured we could not only record here but we've got a list of guests coming for the next couple of weeks yeah on the show that will help us go back and take a a walk down victory lane uh, or memory lane you might say yeah for South Boston Speedway, we're going to have Peyton Sellers, a multi-time track champion and national champion of the late model stock car ranks. We're going to have Carter Langley, who is a, a basically a rookie uh, in late model stock car competition that's leading the points right now here at South Boston 
Speedway, Kathy Rice, who I lived with Legend. her family for several years in my uh, late model stock car days. And she was a general manager at this, at this facility for many, many years. We and had her son on, did we not? Um, yeah, Chris. Who runs Calig Racing. Yeah, and, uh, and later this afternoon, Jeb Burton is going to stop by. Amazing. We'll have a conversation with him. Uh, but first, we've got some business to attend to. I think we do. I think we do. And I that, mean, since the last time we recorded at Lake Gaston, which was great, and those shows were hilarious, by the way, and I've gotten a ton, <laughs> I know you probably have as well, a ton of texts You mean the and debut emails. of Plug More? Plug More. We had, we had the expanding strike zone <laughs> of the guy who has made it back uh, you just, and is going to be the top here. I just thought politicians were crooked. I did not know Little League umpires <laughs> were that crooked until we heard – Shep Moss talking about moving the game along and yeah. expanding the strike zone. No wonder why nobody from South Hill makes it to the major leagues. They swing at everything that comes across the plate. You know, I had a guy call me up and he said, you know, I coach Little League Baseball and I guess if I would looked out behind the plate and I saw Shep Moss there with uh, with his gear on, I'd tell every single Johnny in, my, in the dugout, swing at every damn pitch. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. we got him back because he's got a lot of splaining to do. Mansplaining, we'll call it Shep splaining. Shep Mouse is back. Back, and he's like tan, rested, and ready with the sunglasses on. Gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. Look who it is. It's Shep Mouse. And Shep, you got, you got, you've had a lot of things going on since you were cranking the weed eater, showing us how to be an umpire. What, what was Benedict Arnold known for? I forgot. Uh, Benedict Arnold was known for turning over uh, Fort Ticonderoga. Uh, to the British and mm. giving the plans of attack. And, oh. and he was promised to be a, uh, a general in the British Army. Mm -hmm. But, you know, even when he became a general in the British Army after he betrayed the young United States, even the British hey, didn't Senate. trust him. They didn't Senate. trust him. Does he died a lonely, drunken man. Does anybody like really give a He'll be drinking them. What, what them drinks he drinks? Uh, the Miami Vice. Miami Vices. <laughs> the yeah. Pink Does ladies. give a shit what Benedict Arnold did? I mean, is that who? Benedict did. Arnold. You got to be so well, upset, I can't it? even say. Is former, former, <laughs> former councilman, as of today, Shep Moss, Shep Moss abandoning his post, much in the same way Benedict Arnold did, turning over the fort to the enemy. The fort is I guess South in Hill. some ways it's not relevant, but in some ways it... Could be. Well, I think you can draw a correlation there. You yeah. know, he's uh, he's going to the British Virgin Islands. So let me tell you so what maybe happened. That's similar. You know, and I love you, Shep. Regardless, don't get me wrong. But the way I look, <laughs> oh, at I can it, feel it. it. Fear. The way I look at it, and Senator, you chime in. No pun intended, but Shep stoked the burn pile and then left. He did. Yeah. He created all of this chaos, mayhem, in order to create reform and move South Hill into the 21st century to do all of these things. I mean, remember, he ran. He ran on this. He got the voter to trust him. I think he won by a landslide, didn't you? Didn't you, Shep? It was a landslide. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He's already starting to mope. He won by a landslide, promised reform, a new and brighter day for South Hill. And I have delivered that in every aspect. And now he's abandoned his post. Shep, you want to tell us exactly what happened here in the last couple of weeks? Ooh, we got some practicing going on around the track. We have a race car on the track. That's great. <laughs> great time in there. I bet he's, if he's from South Hill, he's probably mad. Yeah, he don't want to hear me. Talk. Right. So what happened, Shep? Well. I mean, you are now Burn Pile Moss, as Hermie texted to us all, that the flame had been extinguished on the Burn Pile. What happened? Why? Life happened. Why did you give up life your happened. obligation to My the constituency? My wife and I have 
had a plan. We entered the next chapter. We purchased a house last year down on Lake Gaston. It's been a lifelong dream to move back full time. North Kakalaki. Virginia. <laughs> Brunswick County, thank you. Okay. I'd move there so I could vote for Hermie in November if he had been the candidate. <laughs> oh, that's so, the reason. Just so all the listeners understand, once my full-time residence status changed, I can no longer serve in the district that I was elected to do so. And there are several workarounds, or there are some unhonorable things that maybe I could have explored doing. Is that a word? Unhonorable? I'm not sure. Dishonorable? Dishonorable. There you go. Unhonorable. <laughs> things that I could have explored at doing, but I wasn't going to do that. You want to talk about, you talk about uh, standing up for the constituents and serving them right. I feel like I'm doing that by stepping down my post when legally I'm not going to be eligible to represent them anymore. Well, you know, Shep, I mean, you, the residency requirement in Virginia is 183 days in the calendar year, which you had already satisfied. So why didn't you serve out till the end of the year? Because under legal advice that the town received once my um, official residence address changed when the deed was recorded, I would not be eligible to do that anymore. And uh, so you were listening to a lawyer that wasn't me. You don't think the guys all got together and said, hey, did you see in the paper in the transfers, uh, the South Hill Times, there's Shep Moss sold his house to his son. Well, let's get him off the council. Don't you well, think that was part of it? I mean, maybe. so then, yeah, so then they're going to, you know, they're going to get a lawyer so who's going to agree with that. answer the question. Did, we, did, did you want to get off town council? No, I did not. But I felt like it was the only legal path that I had. I've been up there for three years talking about transparency and doing the right thing and exposing the shenanigans and pulling the curtain back. And Cranking the weed want, eater. I didn't want to be part of, 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 I didn't want to become part of that by staying when everybody knows that I've moved. How's everybody, everybody know? Everybody know. Senator, South Hill is 4,000 people. Everybody knows me. Everybody knows I've moved. Most popular man in South Hill. When he when he takes a dump, everybody can sell so it. Is right? what I'm hearing. Are you now going to run for office in Brunswick County and stir up a bunch of shit there too, or <laughs> what are you going to do? Well, I'm running out of places I can run and hide and keep changing my address. But no, I I, I have no plans. To do are you? Do you feel like you're leaving South Hill with unfinished business? Well, I, I am, but I also know that I've accomplished along with some other council members it's not all me we've accomplished a lot we have a new town manager that's getting ready to be hired we have uh fixed from my perspective some intergovernmental shenanigans and funding issues that we have exposed and fixed we had um another fire starter uh council member long-term seated council member resigned during my uh, tenure that came after me on several issues, and uh, it's a lot of positive things going on. My fa my oldest son is going to start his family there. I'm still working there. I own property there, commercial property, and I think South Hills in a much better place. I think the brighter days are just ahead. But legally, it became to the point where I wasn't comfortable continuing trying to be a part of it. I didn't want to have an asterisk by my name. For the next year and a half. You've already got an asterisk about your name. The, well, I didn't want to add a second one. I think I had one for doing the right thing. I didn't want one for doing something 
uh, that does not conform to election laws in Virginia. I just didn't want to do it. There are plenty of uh, politicians and elected officials that when they change their residency, even if they have an remember, domicile and residency are two different things in the law. So you could have rented a place, an apartment, or you could have rented the basement out of your house. Yes, I could have. And I then you could have lived there. Places, and and you've already, you already qualified for, at 183 days for the year. So I was not going to live there. And I didn't but, want people but sometimes riding by, you, taking pictures. Sometimes you have to video. sacrifice because you made a commitment to the people that no. have voted for you. That's your perspective. I gave you mine. So, so let me... Just because all the politicians bend and twist and, and use workarounds doesn't mean that's something that I have to be a part of. I didn't want to do it that way. Well, I, I think, though, you owed the voter something, don't you? Well, I think I gave them... Everything that I promised, and I think I gave uh, the I town. I guess what he's asking is, the last time that you campaigned and asked people to vote, did you tell them that you were going to be moving or not well, fulfilling point, the term? I didn't know I was going to be moving. Life changed. Look, in one week. Look, he didn't tell the kids that the strike zone was at their chin look, and down to their ankles either. Okay. All right? in, it in, just happened. In one week, we closed our business, sold our residence, changed our address, and resign from town council. It's been a pretty busy week. <laughs> you know, I didn't. So, wait, wait. Let's recap. Yeah, we quitting, quitting, and then we quit again in one week. So, it was a real quitting week, wasn't it? Okay. Well, I can just keep adding to the list if you want me to. What else are you going to quit? Uh, it could be several things. <laughs> <laughs> I quit listening to your ass. <laughs> no, really. I'm going to talk just, to you later. Yeah, how, about yeah, that? how about that? <laughs> I felt like. Knowing that I was not going to live there, knowing that. Uh, but you didn't even finish out the year, which you qualified under the law. You could have well, gone off in December. The state board of elections says the state board of elections, and I talked to them several times. Says once your address. Okay, look. So there are some exceptions. Let's say your house burns down and you have to find temporary housing. That could be allowed. That wasn't the case. Let's say you're going through a marital dispute and you separate and you have to have temporary housing outside your district. That didn't happen. You know, you write the laws. Why don't you get the laws changed? <laughs> Why don't you put in a grace period? The 181 days is fine. As 183. Long as you, whatever it is, 183. That's fine as long as you have an address. I legally more than six months out of a year, you live within the district that you serve. And I wasn't going to do that. Because that's the tax definition of residency in the Commonwealth. I I get it. But I wasn't going to live there anymore. So so really, though, so really, though, you didn't tell anybody. They told you that they do that. You'd moved. Right. No, I did. I was very I was up front with them. They go, hey, Shep, you don't live there anymore. Didn't they? Didn't they go, hey, did you move? I mean, because it's public. It is public, okay. and that's why I told the closing attorney to make it public. I didn't do anything. No, 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 no. I, I talked to the closing attorney. You came in in a fake mustache and a wig when you signed them documents. Documents. Okay. Documents. You have your, your version. I have mine. Well, my version's funnier. You, you well, are My version is accurate. And defensive. I mean, don't, have you ever seen a like this before? No. They, I would think you'd want to be associated with honorable people that are doing the right thing. Uh, no, Not a bunch I, of damn shenanigans. I, I, I associate myself with... about where I live. I am a trial lawyer, so I associate myself with unhonorable people. Well, I'm talking about on the politician <laughs> side. <laughs> oh, find one. Find one that's honorable besides me. I'm raising my hand. Oh, boy. Here we go. 
I can't. One of the newspapers did an article this week about the resignation, and in the in the article, I'm very proud of this. You'll make fun of it, but I'm very proud of it. Shep, during his tenure, uh, really advocated for transparency on while he was on town council. Well, then I have to be. I also have to follow the rules that I'm gonna hold everybody else accountable to. I'm not living in South Hill anymore. How long you been there? Thirty-three years. And you just decided to pick up stakes and no. I'm gonna get in this trouble, and a, Chef's gonna be mad. This for has been a couple year plan. Chef's gonna be mad for me for bringing this up because we have a a side private text that we have amongst all of us. Yes. And there was a point in time when Shep was asking you. How could you help him stay on town council? Then the next thing we know, he's quit. So something changed. So I just think our viewers and listeners need to know what changed. My residence changed. And I didn't want to put my family, I didn't want to take the scrutiny and the bullets on something that I legitimately could not stand behind. I told them to get... I don't understand... I told him to get a mannequin. Everybody, I that was kind of like saying, portly mannequin. Do- Listen to this from, from Memory Makers. This is what he's telling me. Yes, we were legal advice. I said with a strobe light so it looks like they're moving. <laughs> That's the plan. They put a light behind it so when they drive by, they go, oh, "Look, ships in the window." <laughs> so you want me? You're advising one of your confidants. No, what did did you not ask him? After you had closed on your real estate, ask him how could he defend you staying on town council? We talked before then. And the options that he gave me was not something that we as a family were comfortable doing. It just wasn't. So he was, he was, at, he was, they were Senator legal Stanley was asking you to go rogue. Yeah. You know, they were legal. It was okay. not legal doesn't make it right. There, there are, these are options that elected officials engage in all the time that are legal. And I think it was. Including the mannequins and the strobe lights? Uh, no, that was a little bit of a stretch. <laughs> I mean, kind of no one is free legal advice. <laughs> but, but I thought it was a That's great use of the mannequins from memory makers. Let me give you a hundred bucks down. and you give me some real advice. Look, I just thought it was oh, the best. What thing you pay me for legal advice? And oh, hold on, Elizabeth, I'm coming for you. And I think it's better for the town and the council not to have this brought up every month. The the council and by the someone town. who wants to do you in what exactly. Which was and that's another thing happening. I want to say is, you know, you're doing the right thing. Great. We're having fun with you. Okay, great. But don't tell him that. Town council, <laughs> members of town council were eager to bring this oh, to a head as okay. soon as possible to say, hey, okay, big boy, you got us on a couple of things. Now we got you going to Brunswick right. County. Right. Well, you, you don't live here no more. Right. Well, and that's right. You, you, let the the, you let the enemy win. You did. You you handed it kind of like when Donald Trump, like kept those records that were highly classified and secret. He knew he didn't. He knew he shouldn't keep them, but he kept them anyway. So he gave his enemies the bat, the brick bat, in which to hit him over the head with. Kind of like Shep. Shep, did you have any unburned classified documents from South Hill in your basement at the South Hill residence? Look, I wanted to give the council and the town the best opportunity moving forward without this being a topic of discussion every single month that is going to impede positive progress for the town. And they, and they thought that was, go. they thought that was with you not running to begin with, but then you ran, you, you engaged the public, you engaged the citizenry and you said, I'm going to run to change things. Give me this opportunity. I'm going to give you four years. 
and you shorted them a year, at least a year, year and a half. Well, that's your perspective. Mine's different. Well, I mean, you represent people, right? Oh, so you're telling me a politician has never moved and couldn't finish out the term? I moved three times uh, because the, the, when I ran the first time in the 19th Senate District and won, the Democrats redrew the lines on redistricting, which you do every 10 years. They drew me in with another Republican, Ralph Smith. They thought we would fight each other out. And they thought we would, um, we, we, one of us would lose, and that way they would keep the majority. I decided to move. I went and rented a farm, and I had my, I had my lake house. I had where I wanted to spend the rest of my life, raise my family. I moved down into southern Franklin County so that I could run against a Democrat in the 20th Senate District. How much do you charge an hour for legal advice? You have no clue because you just get it for free. But how much do you charge? 600 bucks an hour. Okay, I make about 30 bucks. Now, wait a minute. You're not letting I me... couldn't afford another resident. What did I say? Wait a minute. Text? Wait a minute. I Burn said, look. <laughs> wait, wait a cotton I said, look. What did I put in the text? <laughs> if the podcast would it. like to rent or hold purchase it. me an address. What in the wide, wide, wide world of sports is going on right here? You, There is no you got way. multiple residences. We're doing this podcast early today because you got to go on vacation to Virginia Beach and then you got to go to what? Can't Bahamas you? next Bahamas. week. Bahamas. And, and he's got another trip to Myrtle Beach. He's, he's unloaded his multi-million dollar property in yeah. South Hill. I own commercial. Business commercial I own real commercial. estate property. Multiple. And a residence in South Hill to a, move to his residence at the lake. And a palatial lagoon residence in Brunswick County at oh, Lake what? Aston. It's like a is lagoon it in there. Or palatial? palatial. Oh, pal- I thought you palatial. said palatial. I mean, you know, don't give me this crap on terms of that. But see, I ran, I, I moved down and we actually got the majority because I ran against a 20 year Democrat don't and beat we have him. some guests coming in? We do, but we're not done yet. <laughs> so so then then I, I, they were trying to chase me around trying to see if I really live there. Well, I really did. You know, I'm, if you're going to move, move. And that's the difference. But that, it wasn't hard. I, guess I was paying a mortgage and a rent. A legitimate question. And then question. I went and bought a property a down legitimate there question. Still, had the, still had the lake house. Because le- I owed it to the constituents. So even after I got elected and beat that Democrat, le- I owed it to them. I wasn't going to go back to the lake, which was outside the district. I, but I still kept the lake house. And I'd go to the lake house, but I also stayed at my farm. A legitimate question. Chris Williams here, listening to the podcast, would be interested in buying... A vehicle from Shep, but he just said Shep would sell me a car, and I don't know if he's still going to be there to help me get my financing done. <laughs> we got Chris Williams here, director and owner of the Smart Series great. Tour. I'm getting ready to get beat. Yeah, <laughs> so you're going to pay this fine. So I had to pay the fine. So I don't. I don't I really. A great friend. So I made a sacrifice. It cost money, but it was the obligation I made after I got elected and and beat that Democrat. And we got the majority back. I could have gone right back to my lake house, enjoyed that lake life that I'd set myself up for. Uh, you know, I had no aspirations to run. Instead, I went and got me a farm down there, bought a farm, uh, and raised my family down there. And I've now just eventually, you know, just recently even sold the lake house. But the commitment you make is what we're talking about here, I think, Shep. It's, it's committed. I mean, you know, have you, you ever heard the old trying story? to say he put, he put himself in front of the constituents? Wait, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, it's, it's the difference in politics uh, from being involved and being committed. My dad used to told me, tell me this stuff, and I think it came from Junior Johnson, yeah. where uh, I went to my dad one time and I said, you know, I want, I want to do something great. I, I, just, I don't want to just, you know, play sports. I want to be in the major leagues. I want to do something. And, and, and he said, son, there's a difference between being involved and committed. And right now, what it seems like is Shep Moss was involved, and I come in, and I said, well, Dad, what's that difference? And he says, well, look at your breakfast plate. When you look down and you see the eggs, you know the chicken was involved. When you look at the bacon, you know the pig was committed. 
So you a chicken. You a chicken mouse. So when you got involved, you just thought it was easy just to, you know, just kind of like piece of paper towel, you know? When you're done with it, throw it in the trash. Chris, it's good seeing you. This. <laughs> so I got a serious question. Is your, is your political career over, Moss? I have no Great idea. Great question. I have no idea. You know? What does that I, I mean? I don't know. I'm going to... You came in there as a reformer, a house of fire, non-traditionalist, unconventional, and then it just, what, you lose hope? You just lost, it wasn't fun no more? What? I think probably what happened, the boss, Terry, was not as excited about him being in politics as he was, and behind the scenes, he got his little nutsack clipped <laughs> at home, <laughs> and... He came across as, I'm doing the honorable thing, but I think probably the truth is he lost his manhood. What say you, Chef? It's a shame I didn't hit record on that. <laughs> <laughs> you got to start all this. Now it's I know gonna what y'all are going to say. Yeah, so I'll play your call. It's going to be double this time. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so that's a very good question from our panelist here, uh, Hermie Sadler. Um, because I was involved in some conversations. I was coming off the mountain and at Lover's Leap in Patrick County, coming back from a, a campaign event out in Carroll County. And, uh, you know, because I'm committed to the Carroll County citizens, because it's their district, and I hope to represent them and stand for their values and fight. And not quit. Not quit. Not quit. And I'm coming down the mountain. And I, Chris, are you going to be around to lead the smart series the second half of the season, or are you going on vacation? Well, you know, after listening to this conversation, first I wouldn't do anything that you two would have an opinion about, <laughs> <laughs> first and foremost. Uh, but I'm, I, you're come from a competitive world. You come from a competitive world. We just found out that, you know, he's an umpire who – you know, looks the other way, so he's not too competitive. Dude, the strike so. zone the size of Walmart. <laughs> microphone is <laughs> But you look, you're taking it like a, you're not taking like it like a, a man. You're taking it like, like a quitter, a I guess. Yeah. But you got to learn. Look, he manipulated <laughs> hundreds of baseball games. Yes. He's in coming South in, Hill. in South, in South Hill. Hill and manipulated town council. <laughs> in and South now Hill. he has stoked the burn pile. Correct. And he's going to the lake and watch other people try to pick up the pieces. It's like Nero. And he's got a shirt Emperor. on that says local he burned boy. It and then he went out there and played his fiddle and watched he, the hill above. He's got a shirt on that says local boy. He's not local anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> you didn't ask, so you, you don't have any, you don't know if you have I'm any you further <laughs> political aspirations. With friends like y'all. <laughs> Use that easy. How Use that word friend easy. Question. I don't know, Herman. I don't know. I don't know. What I'm going to do right now is I'm going to do what's best, what I think is for me and my family. We're going to decompress for a while. We're going to enjoy life. It's a few things we want to do as a family. I, That's called doodads uh, clipped. You're you right. Know, I hope my oldest Whatever son my is wife getting says. married here shortly. You understand that. You've just been through that. We want to look forward to some grandkids, hopefully. And I'm just going to enjoy life. Because that town council job, that once a week jobber, is just too damn much. Actually, actually, <laughs> I mean, Senator, it was once a month. So let's get it. God, I made it worse. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, see, I'm going to be honest. Wow. Once a month, that was just, you know, listen. So you really got quit. Priority. You didn't even quit a part-time job. Let's just be honest. <laughs> his wife took his sack and put it up on the counter and took the hatchet she, and 
Too butter knife. Butter knife. that one day a month <laughs> to be more like hers. a butter knife. She said, if you come home that one day a month, <laughs> I might let you fondle me. You used to have some beer in these damn coolers. Might. <laughs> Once a month. Yeah. Once a month. Well, look. That third Monday night from 6 to 8 <laughs> is your window of opportunity with Mama. Chris, you have kids. You decide. I have two, actually. Okay. All right. So everybody here has kids. I would hope that you would instill all three of you, and I know that you have because you're great dad. See, this is what the the Iraqis call the human shields. They put them, kids in front. <laughs> so you great dad. Going. My question Here is, deflection. Did yeah. you Here tell all of the kids constituents this when you the when you got first. them to vote for you? <laughs> At the yeah. time I asked him to vote for me, I didn't know when or if this was going to happen. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So you went out there and go for the next three years, I will serve the people of South Hill. And they go, Shep, it's four years. Oh, screw that, man. <laughs> I'm only up for three. I want to do three. And now you're leaving the seat open. I'm going to throw right a bunch of people under the bus, and I'm going to get the town manager fired, then I'm going to the lake. Hey. That's like good plan. I'm going to be I mean, there. What's really wrong with that? I'm going to be there at the dump, finding burned documents, and I'm going to call I mean, everybody out for that. Would you burn what? Documents. <laughs> I went out on my term, not theirs. How about that? Well, but, but it's not your term. It's the term you know the people that voted for you. That's they didn't go. I hmm. mean the actual election. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you use term in a way oh. that it benefits you. Y'all, y'all look at it two different ways. He used it, he used it in the French definition. <laughs> oh, Tim. Tim. So you know, I mean, what are you gonna do? I mean, the, the, this is clearly you've jumped the ship. Right. So how many people has come up to you and said they're sorry to see you go? I have received some very, very heartfelt, nice messages. I really have. Of the 4,000 people, like six, three? Maybe two. Two, okay. But, you know, I mean, it's, look. Was any of them upset as Senator is? No. I mean, he need, he needed you to be He's there. He's going for an academy. How many of them said, if I'd have known you were going to quit on us, I wouldn't have voted for you? <laughs> <laughs> Not one. <laughs> I've had a bunch of those phone calls. Man, what the heck is Shep doing? I mean, that's I've got, I've had a lot of Shep phone well, calls. Well, I'm glad you have. Some. I do. I don't, I don't even represent South Hill. And they're like, what the heck is Shep doing? <laughs> Forward him the, my number. Which one? The one in North Carolina? Yeah. Or the one in- <laughs> I got a call from a friend of mine in South Hill that said, no disrespect, Shep. Says, uh, oh, I can't wait he folded that. like a cheap tent. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. What's your response to that, Shep Moss? A councilman, Shep, oh, former councilman, Shep Moss. What's your response? I abide it by the election rules in the state of Virginia. And I wasn't going to make a mockery of it. And I wasn't going to put the town or the council or my family through a bunch of bullshit every month over an address that I truly don't live at. I wasn't going to do it. Did you get more crap from these two than oh, you got from yeah. me? <laughs> what? Hell yes. What? What are you talking about, Willis? <laughs> Hell no. We were absolutely supportive, weren't we, Herm? I mean, he was blaming me. He was like, I feel like I have to resign because Stanley wouldn't give me any advice. I was like, did he forget the last time we were at Lake Gasson? You did say, Senator, you told me you could defend anything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I lost confidence. Uh, I I lost confidence. According to what you were telling Bill Stanley, he told you you could have moved to Las Vegas <laughs> and still been on town council inside he could days. defend you 183 days now, now should I go back to the documents <laughs> should we repeat what was in here let's see well, uh, hmm, 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 hmm. yeah I can't read that 
Nope, can't read that. Forget it. <laughs> I won't read that. Good Lord. We have attorney. Yeah, that's do attorney-client privileges prevail <laughs> even though the client doesn't ever pay? <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Does the podcast protect me at all? How long are you going to be on the podcast now after this beating? This probably last. <laughs> this probably last. Yeah, because that was his. That was his hook. That's what being on South Hill Town Council. I know. Now you don't need. Now it. just quit. Yeah. Now. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. It's consistent. Hell, you did say you texted us both and said you told me Stanley you could defend anything. I said I can defend any client who will listen to me. I can't defend the stubborn ones. There you go. Yeah. You were being stubborn. Good response. Yeah. <laughs> I can't read that one. We're trying. We're trying. To, I had to do what I thought. Which, look, I guess what we're concerned about is you're showing. Maybe you're trying to put up a, a tough, you know, a uh, little bit of toughness on the podcast. But we're trying to see: Do you have any remorse at all for abandoning the people inside of you? That's a, that's a very <laughs> take your time uh, aggressive. Look, word. you're not showing Abandoned. any remorse. Yeah. On the podcast. And take your time answering this because you didn't take You're time being, leaving. I did podcast. what I got to do for my family, but I mean, are you remorseful at all about not finishing the job in South Hill and, and walking away? Well, I don't think remorseful is the right word. I'm, I'm, you know, I wish that changes in life would have allowed me to legally stay. And like, it just didn't Like happen. not having a place at Lake Gaston? An option? I mean, what would have changed that would have allowed you to stay? Not selling my house. Okay, but you sold your house, you could have rented a place. But I or you could have rented out the basement. That'd be cool, you know? My parents are in the basement, don't make a noise. I mean, you know, you're tearing down his dream. He wanted to move back home. You know, his wife wanted to go, you know. I wasn't going to live there. That's, that's the key that everybody's missing. I could do any, I could do any of the above-mentioned uh, scenarios, but I wasn't going to live there. So then you should be saying, well, Shep, although I don't like it, I understand, I appreciate your honesty, and it's time to move but on. But that would be boring as hell, Shep. you yeah, got to be honest. That would be. There'd but, be nothing to talk about. And, and that's what, that, though, I mean, that's Shep, what you should be doing. How many months? And I've known you for 50 years. You should be telling me to say how, how many months did you have left in your term? November of 24, next year. So, what, about 15 months? You couldn't hold on for the people, the people, man of the people you claimed yourself to be for 15 months. Is that what you tell me? It's just, I can't do it. Even though I own the Lake Gaston house and I can go there, you know, a little under six months of the year, you couldn't hang on. The people were put second to Shep Moss's personal desires. Is that right? That tell is, me I'm wrong. That You're wrong. Why? Because <laughs> you're just, son of some. Let's talk to our guests. No, no, no. No, no. We're not done yet. I want to know what was in your head when you decided I, because there's no I in team, right? There's no I in service. It is in win. Oh, wait, there is. (laughs) There's no I in election. No, wait, there is. Why did you choose yourself over the people you represent? Who who put you in there? Wanted that change. Wanted four years of change, man. Not just the people, Senator. How about his friends that he drug down this rabbit hole with him (laughs) to overturn the old guard? Right. And so you stoked the burn pile there, too, and walked away. That's a great analogy. Yeah. I like that. Great. We have Come another guest. <laughs> <laughs> the door Welcome opens and says show. 
Yeah. How are you doing, sir? Hey, good to see you, brother. You doing? I'm so glad to see somebody. Grab that mic and just don't talk. You just, you just, you just what you say. Do we want to take a break, Senator? We want to. Yeah, I think we should take a break. Let's let's wrap up. So we're going from a quitter to somebody in Peyton Cellar. A winner. A winner. A winner. Yeah. We got to take a break. To a winner. Yeah. I mean, but I think there's more that we need to delve into. Shep Moss quit his position on town council in South Hill right in the middle of a storm that he started. Created. And he walked out on it and moved to the lake and left them there to clean up the mess. I can't wait to get your opinion on that. <laughs> well, <laughs> taking the high road. Grab a microphone. Let's keep going. Uh, well, it's so, right now it's a dirt road. <laughs> I, I think we're going to call this. Path. <laughs> this might be a hunting path. I think we're going to call this Shepgate. 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 Yeah. Shepgate. Shepgate. I was There's trying to, to avoid Shepgate. You wasn't getting. You, you, mm. Listen, my mannequin idea was a great idea. Okay. Yeah, and I yeah. said, all you got to do is go over there. You put on one of them lights, you know, the timer lights. Yeah. So the lights go on at like nine. They go off yeah. at 11. Yeah. You put a mannequin in front of the window. You put a light behind it. Now, you'd have to find like a kind of a square mannequin for him. A square mannequin. Yeah, it'd be a little, maybe maybe bulk it up a little bit so it looked like Shep. And then you just go and move the arms a little bit so he's he's not always in the same position. Did you and, sell the house already? And you throw a, stro- a strobe light. That would have been difficult to do with everybody else still in the house. Then they would ask Correct. why he's got these other people there. But, I, but it's his son. He's Oh, it's the, the sun. Oh, God, it's even worse. Hey, let's you just keep right on going. <laughs> you want to? Let's just keep going. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Hi, folks. This is Hermie Sadler. Thanks for listening to our all-new podcast, Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator. I hope you are enjoying the show as much as Senator Stanley and I enjoy bringing it to you. Whether you're a family traveling together or a truck driver hauling freight up and down the highway, I hope you will take the time to visit one of our Sadler Travel Plaza locations in Virginia and North Carolina. Sadler Travel Plaza locations are licensed dealer locations for pallet travel centers. And we also carry Shell Motiva Petroleum products for our four-wheel friends. We pride ourselves on providing one-stop shopping for service, food, and entertainment. Our food options include Five Guys Burgers and Fries, Quiznos, Dairy Queen, Hermie Sadler's Faux Show Bar and Grill, Victory Lane Restaurant, Hunt Brothers Pizza, Dunkin' Donuts, and much, much more. Our locations include Sadler Travel Plaza in South Hill, located off I-85 at exit 12. The Sadler Travel Plaza of Emporia, which is conveniently located on exit 11B off I-95. And Sadler Travel Plaza on Highway 58 in Suffolk. We also have our North Carolina location, Sadler Travel Plaza in Dunn, North Carolina, That's exit 75 off I-95. We appreciate all of our customers. And Bill and I appreciate you listening to Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator, powered by Pacematic. 
Hey, this is Bill Stanley, Hermie Sadler's sidekick on this podcast. When I'm not in Richmond at the Capitol or doing this podcast, my real job for the past 27 years is as a trial attorney with the Stanley Law Group. Here at the Stanley Law Group, we represent our clients in every courthouse in the Commonwealth. No problem is too small for us to solve. No case is too big for us to win. Whether it's criminal charges, traffic offenses, civil disputes, litigation matters of any sort, we handle it all. We make sure that we treat every client like family because they are to us. Your problem is our problem. Your success is our success because we hate to lose more than we love to win. And believe me, we win a lot. Don't believe me? Go ask Hermie. I'm his favorite lawyer and he hates lawyers. So give us a call at 540-721-6028 and let us help you. Or visit our website at www.vastanleylawgroup.com. That's www.vastanleylawgroup.com. At the Stanley Law Group, we'll make sure we're the lawyers that you swear by and not at. I want to welcome our guest. We got... Thank uh, God. We've already <laughs> set the table. We're at South Boston Speedway and... Hey, have you ever had... Podcast. Hey, wait, Peyton, tell us. Have you ever had a sponsor named Memory Makers on your car? I have not. Well, you won't ever. Because so, it's gone. <laughs> and South Hill, just like shut minutes. Just gone. So go ahead. I'm sorry about the introduction. <laughs> we decided, since we were taping at South Boston Speedway, we wanted to... Big tribute to and talk a little bit about the history of South Boston Speedway and uh, currently in, in Peyton, you and your family have been a part of a lot of that. Um, for those that don't know, Peyton uh, and his brother HC, the family uh, racing operation, legendary uh, in this part of Virginia from the Danville area. But how long have you been racing at South Boston? Well, you know, for us, it was, it's was it been a family affair the whole time. My mom films all the races up here on top of the track. My dad spots for us, HC crew chiefs. But when we got started back in 96 here at South Boston, the Saddlers were kind of moving on. The, the, you guys were kind of uh, – With the old – well, You're, you're quitting? The, the, the well, this, this is not the topic of this conversation right now. The Saddlers had HC came in. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so he ran limited sportsman for a couple of years starting in 96. HC. Then, yes, yeah. And then I started running the pure stock class in 98. Mm-hmm. So I was only 14 at the time. So I had to kind of avoid all the officials, jump in the trailer and, and get in any way I could. But because mm-hmm. um, it wasn't old enough for a license. And, um, you know, South Boston has been home ever since then. Mm-hmm. So we, we've went off and done some other stuff and, and came back. South Boston was always home. How many track championships have you won at South Boston? We've won six so far. Six so far. David Blingenship has got seven, and and not that you're counting. Well, and, and <laughs> well, it would be a very neat deal. I've, I grew up watching David Blingenship. David's awesome. Just yeah. David's class. awesome. And uh, he was a he was a points racer for sure. Mm-hmm. He was just smooth and, and mm-hmm. steady. And um, when I was racing back in the day, he was driving for Goof Allen. That's right. Yeah. yeah the number two. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. When so I, you've got six. When I came along, he was driving for Steve James. Mm-hmm. Later on, I drove for Steve some. So mm-hmm. very neat. But um, yeah, we've got six and. We're currently five points behind going into two races left this year here at South Boston. We've had some ups and downs this year. We've won several races, but we've also um, had some attrition issues, just cars blowing up in front of us, cars wrecking, just, Mm -hmm. you know, no fault of our own. Racing happens. It does. does. Last week we led 71 laps and had a right front tire go down. Mm -hmm. So stuff like that happens, and it's just racing. But we're here. You know, this is home for us, so we enjoy it. Uh, People say, you know, what are you doing next year? I say, well, we'll be back at South Boston because – We've got a construction company 30 miles up the road that me and my dad run, and HC runs our race shop, and mm-hmm. we um, this is home for us. What, um, any any championships at any other weekly track? So we we actually we've won uh, three championships up at Dominion Raceway. Beautiful track. Yep. yep. And uh, won one at Orange County. Mm-hmm. So uh, 
been able to, you know, this South Side Virginia is our, our home. We, mm-hmm. We've raced a lot around this area. Um, we've raced at Martinsville. We sponsor with Clarence has been at Martinsville for. Clarence you know, is awesome, isn't it? Yeah, every, every, I'm there every day. That's my, yeah, the yeah. champion's table. I'm yeah, there every yeah. day. So, so how many national championships now? Two national championships. Wow. And, um, we've traveled around a lot. We've raced at Motor Mile a lot. Never won a championship up there. Mm-hmm. Actually, I finished second in points three times up there, but I never won a championship. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, South Side Virginia is home. We travel around and race a lot, but but this is home. I want to get back to the racing because that's why we're here. But tell those that don't know the sellers family about your family business and what y'all do with that as well. Yep. So my brother and myself, we were, yep. My brother yeah. and myself, we were racing week in and week out. And uh, in 2005, we had an opportunity to go out and run for a national championship, but money just was kind of tight. So we broke out and started fielding some cars for some other people. And that's when our racing kind of grew. We, we went from a, uh, just y'all were crazy enough to let me get in one a couple times. Yeah, that's right for the Denny Hamlin races. So what we, was y'all thinking? We build and, <laughs> we build and maintain cars for other people through our racing side, but we also have a grading and contracting business that me and my dad do full time. Uh, we work about twenty five guys in that business, and uh, I just left a job site not thirty minutes ago and drove straight here. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I get done here, I got to go back. So um, you know, I'm I'm on equipment a lot, but I'm also managing people a lot. Mm-hmm. But we always find time to get away Friday afternoon to come. What test. kind of what kind of jobs are y'all specializing in? So right now we're actually grading and doing all the underground utilities for an elementary school and George Washington High School there in Danville. They're doing a big addition there. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing some apartment complexes right now. We do large amounts of dirt anywhere from ten thousand yards to two hundred fifty thousand yards. We mm-hmm. move dirt. That's what we do. And underground utilities, storm drain. Um, pretty much anything that needs to be done grading and construction wise. How do you? Uh how do you like how much fuel's gone up in the last three weeks? <laughs> it has been a struggle. You know, we yeah. try to. We you and try I to, have these conversations yeah, yeah, we sometimes have, we when have. we talk about it. Yeah. I try to buy fuel in bulk. I try to lock in. But, you know, the, the problem with me, I need to focus on our business. When I focus on the nuts and bolts of it, trying yeah. to save 15 cent on fuel, mm-hmm. it bogs you down. Yeah. It also gives you a headache because you're like, man, how much of this can you yeah. stand? You know, but we try to buy in bulk early in the season. We try to catch it at the right timing. We have several large capacity tanks that we're able to, you know, buy a tanker load at a time. So mm-hmm. that helps a little bit being yeah. able to try to play the market some. Mm-hmm. But, um, anybody that runs their own business between the inflation that we've seen in the last three or four years, seeing, you know, the, the labor rate go up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got guys that, that were making $16, $17, now making 25 25 Yeah, yeah. I got the same thing. And the problem is they're not they're not any more well off. Truck drivers show up. I had an interview last week, a guy got a cdl doesn't even have a tanker or a hazmat wants 30 bucks an hour yeah, to start problem about it the money doesn't go any further that's right it's just, his bills have went up he's got to have that much to so so the 15 dollars that we had 10 years ago is now the 25 dollars. that's right no difference it's the same amount of yeah. money in your pocket so um well what y'all been able to do as a family has been awesome and bill i think you had stepped off but peyton sellers has won six track championships here at south boston two at dominion one in orange county that's a total of nine yep Yep. Two national championships, and the most amazing thing. Wait, wait, because he got one stolen from him last year. We did, and I was there for we that. Did. We absolutely did, but that's a sore subject. You didn't have to bring it up. No, <laughs> I was there. I was. Jeff wants to talk about it. Yeah, can we bring that up? <laughs> did you just quit? Go home. <laughs> we didn't quit and go home. We um, we raced. Did you start the, the race and drive fifty laps and get out and take your 
yeah. take you. I'm going to Lake Gaston. Helmet yeah. and go home and go to the lake. Yeah, got everybody riled up and walked away. Yeah, that's yeah, right. that, that was at Dominion Speedway last year. <laughs> yes, with same us. time we ran yeah, the modified. Same time we ran the modified. And we stayed at the same hotel, and that's when that's I sat right. there. That's and where I, we met the first. Uh, yep, and I talked to your uh, dad. I think until two or so, three o'clock in the morning in the lobby, and you guys oh thought God. you were the champions. Senator Stanley talking to my at three o'clock in the morning. I can only imagine. How did y'all even make it back to the room? Luckily, it's covered by attorney-client privilege. You gave me a dollar not to say it. But they thought they were champions. We left that night thinking we were champions. Well, they were champions. And NASCAR came up a week later with an audit. And they went back and found one driver that didn't have a license that raced in July. And this is talking – we're talking end of September. And what here. series was this? This was the, the – weekly series. The weekly series. Mm-hmm. Okay. The national weekly series. Yeah. Then they deducted points from a couple of backup cars that were racing at Motor Mile the Friday night before we were talking to you on Saturday night. Um, Mike Looney's car raced over half the race and was there and run the whole second race. And they basically withdrew his car from the first race because they said it was there to be a backup car. The NASCAR rule book for Motor Mile says that a backup car has to compete in at least half the race to be eligible for the second race. So he did everything. They had a points battle going too up there between Mike Looney and Kyle Dudley. So both of their cars raced half the first race and then competed in the whole second race. Mm-hmm. That was their track rules. Well, NASCAR pulled their cars from that start, which deducted two points from, from that. And then the one driver they found that didn't have a – the driver claims he had a temporary license in place. The track says that, that he did, but they couldn't find the receipt from where he paid for it. The driver said he paid cash for it. They didn't have a receipt for it. So long story short – um, hmm. It was a very crooked opportunity that NASCAR took full advantage of. Were they on, were they on the council from South Hill by any chance? Yeah, I mean, see, it sounds. See, <laughs> you needed some Chef Moss. Did you hear that? A temporary <laughs> license. <laughs> Paying no cash <laughs> under the table. <laughs> and, and what did Big Brother Driver didn't do? live there no more. Right. You know what Big Brother did? Squashed. Yep. So thank you, Peyton. Okay. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, but you know what? Peyton's back. Peyton's not giving up. Peyton didn't quit. Peyton said, I'm coming back. I'm going to win another We actually, that happened on Thursday afternoon, and we won Martinsville Saturday night right after awesome. that. So I was there. It was, it was full great. redemption. It was full redemption. And, you know, you, you can talk beliefs all you want, but if there wasn't a God thing that happened that week, there never has been. Mm-hmm. And to be able to, to to step up to the plate on Saturday after getting the rug pulled out from under you on Thursday, it was it was a tough pill to swallow Absolutely. to go into that track Friday afternoon and get ready for that race that weekend. It, nothing in me wanted to race that weekend, and we walk away with a grandfather clock. So so how did they how did they approach you on this? I mean, it didn't sound like this was even even a, an issue. At least when we talked that night after the Dominion Raceway, after the mods modifieds had run, you'd run, you won the championship. Everybody's celebrating. Everybody's in a great mood. Yep. You had no inkling that this was going on, right? No clue, no clue, and they didn't give any warning. But they were very specific about the way they did it. They they took a driver's license from Dominion and then they deducted cars from Motor Mile, which they didn't do anything to to me personally. So there was no opportunity for me to appeal anything. NASCAR does have an appeals process, but they didn't penalize Peyton in any way whatsoever. There was nothing they deemed we did wrong, but they found a way to get what they wanted without me being able to appeal it or protest it in any way. I kind of know that feeling. Well, was there any? Was there ever a time where burning documents, burning NASCAR documents, were found in a in a trash pile <laughs> in South Hill? No. Okay, I'm just. Well, trying to I guess I'm gonna get in trouble for asking this, but you said that NASCAR get what they wanted. Who ended up winning the championship, and why? Why do you think? All this took place to get to a result. You know, I, I don't know the answers to that. Because nobody in America, forget Virginia, 
Nobody in America has done more or been more supportive of weekly racing than the Sellers family. Well, and, and I agree with that, and I appreciate you looking at it that way. Um, Lane Riggs was was who won the championship, mm-hmm. and Lane ran well all year. Yeah, Me and Lane never had one altercation on the track or off the track. We mm-hmm. got along great, but by him winning the national title, it set him up. He was That made him the na- youngest national champion. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, I was the youngest national champion in 05, at 21 years old, mm-hmm. he wanted it at 20 years old. Right. So it give it give NASCAR a good storyline. Right. Try to help push him up. And at the time, I think he had money in place to go truck racing next year. Mm-hmm. That kind of fell through. You know, he raced this past weekend, run very well. Yeah. Scott, his dad has run Cup. You know, yeah, I raced against Scott That's a lot right. back so in the day. Yeah. It was a good storyline. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I feel like that NASCAR, you know, a 30 38 year old Peyton Sellers winning it was not the storyline that they wanted to push yeah. versus the youngest national champion. I got to tell you too, you know, and. It's hard to, as a racer, not to take things personal because everybody works hard. You put your time, effort, money, blood, sweat, tears. And I tell you on it, my brother, who's been on this podcast a couple times, kind of spilled his guts to me and Bill one time Mm -hmm. because the last two or three years, Elliot was full-time in the Nationwide Series. All of the marketing and the PR and everything was geared towards the young drivers. Yep. Yet, Elliot won the last four years he ran. He won most popular driver. So the fans were connected to the old guy that they knew, but NASCAR wanted everything to be about the young drivers. And then when they get to a certain point when they needed a crowd or were trying to do something, they come to Elliot, even though he wasn't in the commercials, he wasn't in the promotions, he wasn't on the NASCAR website, but they had an event coming up at a racetrack somewhere, and like, Elliot... Well, we need out. you to go come do this and this. And the last two years, Elliot finally got where he said, no, right. Just had I'm not doing it. Yeah. You know, because I'm not, <clears throat> here I am, he's driving for Dale Earnhardt Jr. And he's, in most cases, leading the points, mm-hmm. winning three or four races a year. The fans are consistently voting him most popular driver. And yet, if you look at all the NASCAR promotional materials, he's nowhere to be found. Well, and one thing I'll touch on, too, NASCAR has put so much pressure on these younger drivers to, to be the, the perfect guy, to be the, the Elliott Sadler who's kind of been there and experienced it all. Well, a couple of years ago, we see Kyle Larson. They crucified him for making a comment off the cuff mm-hmm. that, that wasn't, you know, yeah, it wasn't a good comment to make, but they crucified him. Right. Yeah. He came back and stuck it in their face when Rick Hendrick picked him up and he won a championship. Right. We've seen the same thing with Noah Gregson. Mm-hmm. You know, they crucified him for something he liked three, three years, years ago. ago. Yeah. And but it's like they, they want to push these young guys, but then they want to crucify them when they make a mistake. Well, these guys are 20 years old. Yeah. They're going to make mistakes. Yeah. You know, you're not. That's right. You know, things happen. And, I uh, said I said some stupid stuff back in my 20s. Luckily, there was no cameras, no phones. You said phone, some stupid stuff last <laughs> minute. I was going to say 15 minutes ago. Luckily, back in the day, we didn't have social media. We didn't have cell phones with, with cameras, and we didn't, you know, we didn't have those kind of platforms where then people judge you. And it's almost in the same way with Noah Gragson. They went back and audited. I mean, was that normal to audit a series? First I've ever seen of it. First so they, they don't do that every year. They, they don't audit it, make sure, you know, read just points. That well, just and, seems like so a crock. We went into the final race of it. We went into the final weekend. NASCAR built it up, a lot of press behind it. Peyton Sellers, two points behind Lane Riggs. We raced at Motor Mile on Friday night, Dominion on Saturday night, back to back. We knew what we had to do. We had to at least tie Lane because we had more wins. So we had to gain two points to, to, to do that. That's a whole other part of what you're just talking about? Yes. 
you get to that point in the season, you're chasing. That's right. You're going up spending money, going to different racetracks chasing. Yep. Well, if if NASCAR wanted to build it up and, and build it up like a prize fight going into the final weekend, they got to have their numbers right. They can't be alternate after the fact a week right. later. Right. You got to have it right. Yeah. Otherwise, if I'd have known I was four or five points behind, I probably wouldn't have went to Motor Mile. I probably wouldn't have went to Dominion because we it was unobtainable. But two points back, we fought hard all weekend, and we got the two points and tied them and, and come away with the national And that game. was an electric race at Dominion, if I remember correctly. I mean, it was a heck of a race to, to finish out and then be really – everybody in the stands are cheering. Everybody thinks you're the champion. You go back to the hotel thinking you're a champion, and then and the, the next Thursday left, you find out you're not? We thought we were champions, and the Riggs thought they were beat. They did. I mean, that was, we were all convinced that that was right. Well, then they come up with this audit a week later, and – and they kicked out two cars from that Friday night event, which was a two Adjusted the points, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what, they adjust points based on car count? Is that how it works? I think they're trying to no. say the car the car that they ran, one of the cars in the race wasn't, shouldn't, shouldn't have been eligible so, to, gain, to earn points. or Backup car. Yes, yeah, so, so we went up there fighting for national points. Mike Looney and Kyle Dudley were racing for track points. Both of their cars had backup cars. Well, it's like South Boston here. If you run a backup car, you don't have to start it in the first race. So typically, if we bring a second car, we'll leave it loaded up. Something happens, we'll pull it out for the second race. Mm -hmm. Up there, they require their cars to run at least half of the first race to be eligible for the second mm -hmm. race, which is not a bad rule, but it's a track rule. Yeah. So NASCAR just basically pulled those two cars out, even though they'd run half the race and competed in the entire second race with different drivers. So they overruled the track rule. They did. Yeah. They did. And that's where it got really fishy that's where things yeah. just got really off and then they come up with one driver that didn't have a license two months ago yeah well that's that's between that driver and the track yeah like why penalize peyton sellers for for you not having your paperwork done yeah. right? the driver was adamant that he had a license he had paid for it the track said look we wouldn't have let him race if he hadn't paid for it we just can't find the receipt where he paid for it so it, it got really uh, technical for no reason kind of like a lease from your son it just gets real <laughs> It always goes back to you, Shep. You know, yeah, Peyton, but you know what? He's back. Like I said, he didn't quit. He's back next year because he wants that seventh championship, right? We do. We Even though you really have one. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think he got seven because, you know, Shep, he's going to have his name on the back of one of these uh, one of these Already bleachers does. here. You know? Oh, you do? Yeah, we do. Already well, does. He's going to have another one. Very <laughs> Very I've hey, been outside during that shit. Hey, the, the, most, the coolest, one of the coolest parts and probably the one of the most amazing things because I've got a brother. Mm-hmm. There's no way in hell we could have worked together that long and won as many races as you and HC has. So what is what is the magic? Have you guys, not only as brothers, and you mentioned HC used to race, yeah. so y'all had to figure all that out. But, I mean, HC is one of my favorite people. Well, Underrated, humble, unassuming kind of guy, but obviously knows how to get the job done. HC is always a guy in the back of the room. He's never going to be in the, in the spotlight at all. Yeah. So there's five years difference in us. He's older than me. And we grew up, and he was truly my best friend growing up. Like, we got along well. I looked at him as a father figure as much as a best friend. Mm -hmm. That's what made us get along like we did because his personality is so mild. I'm more the talker and more the outgoing type. And um, But he thinks about a race car all day, every day. If we're in here talking about politics or anything else, he's going to be quiet. If we bring up race cars, it's when he'll jump in. Talking. Yeah. Right. It's just that's his focus day in and day out is that race car making speed. And, um, you know, that's our personalities are so different. That's why we get along so great. Mm -hmm. And and I respect him. You know, it's not like I don't look at him as just being my brother. Like I respect him as a person and his his moral company. Have y'all ever had a any kind of not the racing side, but as driver, 
crew chief with the family racing business. Have y'all ever had a what I would call a knockdown drag out to make things uncomfortable at the at the dinner table? It's always going to happen. You know, that's going to happen. I don't care if you're yep. best friends, family yeah. or yeah. not. That always happens, but that's where Dad intervenes and said, "Look, we're gonna figure this thing out." You know, mm-hmm. yeah. like, like Peyton, you you screwed up here. HC, you take it easy on him, or or vice versa. You mm-hmm. know, and, and Dad was always that voice of reason for us to keep us together. Mm-hmm. Uh, people ask all the time, you know, how do you make it work in a family business, working with your dad or working with your brother? Because it's tough. It's, it's tough. tough. It's tough. tough. It's tough. And I tell them communication. Mm-hmm. You, you, we got to be willing to listen. You got to be willing to talk. Don't let anything fester up inside and not talk about it mm-hmm. just call him up tell him tell him the ugly yeah but but let's talk through it mm-hmm. you know, let's hear what he's got to say let's hear both sides of it and communication is a key in anything we do politics or anything you got to be open with people you got to just tell them what you're thinking and and try to work through things so you're six championships in working on number seven but have you set a timetable how much longer you want to do this not that you're old, but you are experienced. Well, 30 years old was my number for, for my whole life. Like, I was going to, if I wasn't making a living driving cars at 30, I was going to go out and do something different. Here I am at 38, and I still, I, I race full-time. We race 40 races a year. Wow. I work full-time. I love everything I do. So, mm-hmm. with HC taking care of the cars and keeping them up, I don't have to turn wrenches all night, every night like I used to. So, now I'm able to kind of show up and drive and, and give 110% on the weekends and still do my job, you know, five days a week as well. So I still got several more years in me. I enjoy doing it. Um, you know, there's going to be a time when I don't want to run 40 races a year. Maybe I want to run just for South Boston only mm-hmm. or the Triple Crown or something like that. So, And at that point um, in time, would you all try to potentially bring somebody else in? I think so. I think we'd put somebody else in the car and let them run yeah. to keep the team going, to keep mm-hmm. everybody running so that – you know, it's a well-oiled machine. you got to keep doing it. If you just show them race five times a year, it is very difficult to compete at this level. Switching gears for a minute, what are your thoughts on today's – I know you've told us your thoughts on NASCAR, how they treated you, but the product you see on the track now on the weekends on the Xfinity Series and the Cup Series, what do you, what do you see? So I'm very torn because, truthfully, the racing is better today than it was – with the Gen 6 car. The Gen mm-hmm. 6 car, they had finally got it worked out to where the racing was very good, and then they go to this new car. What I like about today's racing, younger drivers have a much better shot of winning. You know, it doesn't, the experience and things like that, you're seeing guys come into the sport and win, like Ross Chastain, like, you know, Noah Gregson, like you see guys coming in there running well, but it's a, it's very fabricated right now with the, with the segments and the stage breaks and things like that. They have fabricated good racing, but it's, it seems to be working. The racing is better today than it was a year ago. I mean, I'm not a fan of the new car just because NASCAR has got their, you know, I want to see the drivers and teams be creative. I want to see them be able to do things to get in a big advantage. Right mm-hmm. now, if a team gets an advantage for one week or two weeks, well, they're going to be knocked back a notch because it's the next guy is going to run good. He's going to figure out what it is because mm-hmm. they're in such a tight box. So I enjoyed, you know. I do show. agree that we've, we've seen like the – Probably seven or eight years ago, we wouldn't have seen the emergence of like a track house. And you wouldn't have seen the emergence of a uh, of a Ray Evernham or a Chad Knauss yeah. because those guys are just so so hand tied, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, financially, is it better for the teams? I mean, do you think it's better? Is it easier for a track house to come in and compete or not? Well, I don't know the numbers. I don't. I haven't. Well, followed they're saying the charters are like eleven to twenty million dollars. Yeah, just more. They're more than that now. Really? Yeah. There's teams out there being sold at. You know, with this uh, TV contract and, you know, they're getting ready to release the schedule here in the next two to three weeks. And, you know, with Amazon or, or some of those guys coming in doing streaming going forward, 
Uh, they're saying the charter's up to 30, and I heard this well, morning, actually, on the way here. That's just I was paper. I was, invo- oh, well, I was involved of trying to buy a cup team here recently. I remember. And I just heard this morning. You listened to my legal advice. Unlike yeah, you, you did. And uh, I didn't quit, neither. Uh, so, um, it's $50 million this morning is what they say the charter is. Yeah. And, oh, and where do you God. get that evaluation from, right? You know, you don't know what the TV numbers are going to be. You know what, you know, the teams are, are trying to do to get a bigger piece of the pie. You I know? just remember in the early 2000s, like when I started doing my own cup team, I did a deal with, with Michael. You know, Michael started the Toyota deal. And he was struggling making races. And so I had a couple cars that I'd gotten from Robert Yates. So Michael came to me and I ran Aaron's Dream Machine cars, second car. So Aaron's would have a car to show one way or the other. And I remember going to like Atlanta and it's like 58 cup cars yeah. trying to make the show, you know, yeah. and, and, and now it's different. You know, that oh, yeah. charter, I mean, I guarantee you me showing up to those races back in those days, knowing that if I made the race, I'd get a twenty-five or thirty thousand dollars sponsor check, and if I didn't, you, I didn't you, get you it. Nothing. Yeah. That took, I mean, <laughs> fifty million years off my life. Yeah. Back in those days, so I know it's changed, but I'm like you. I, the one of the things that the sad truths about it, the people that are building the cars have always been a lot smarter than the people checking them at the track. Right. And so now NASCAR's tried to do all these other things to try to uh, keep them in a box, but look, they are. The the grant and some of the places don't have as many grandstands as they used to have, but I think the environments are uh, better again at the tracks and people are are showing up. But I, I think um, on this on the uh, hope we can can continue that trend on the local short track level, like here at South Boston. And one of the ways we're going to need to try to do that is, and we had an official with South Boston Speedway in the booth earlier this morning before we went on the air, and we talked about car counts. Mm-hmm. So, you know, back in my day here at South Boston, it was 30, yep. 35 every week. Mm-hmm. Now there's 12, 14, 15. So if you're in charge of the weekly racing series or in charge of South Boston Speedway, what can you – because if you, ultimately if you get more cars, you're going to have more people show up in the pits and in the stands. So if they came to you and said, Peyton, we want to put you in charge of the series, in charge of the track, what can we do as, a, as an industry to get more – cars to show up at places like south boston you know the easy answer to that is is always pay more money but that's always a hard decision for the track and for promoters to come up with more money that is not the easy answer for me the easy answer is keep the rule book the same year after year a guy that had a car last year ought to be able to compete this year and you know the modifieds haven't changed rules a lot you know, we we there's not much to change i mean ride height is the only thing realistically in motor late model stocks have had a big big influx of rule changes the last 10 years with a lot of like three or four different motor combinations new bodies things are coming out that a guy that's got a car that's two or three years old feels like he's it's obsolete absolutely yeah. so he doesn't have the money to go build a new car for 100 grand right now because that's what a new car is yeah god but, that's it hurts my ears because late models calls back in my day was 25, yeah, 30 grand. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I'll add to what you're saying because we have to look at it. And Hermie and the senator both own a car there. And, you know, the one thing that I tried to do is less changes, two cars, three cars, four cars, whatever y'all got. Y'all got a bunch. Y'all got a house full, right? Uh, and don't worry. Before we go, Bill's going <laughs> to offer you a, <laughs> Don't ruin the surprise. <laughs> so my, my, my point is, is, you know, 
when I first took over three years ago, I went to the teams, I went to the owners, and, and I basically says, where's your cost coming from? Mm-hmm. And, you know, back then it was motors increasing, which now the spec motor is 43000 I think y'all yeah. have to pay for them now. Yeah. And so trying to get those costs down and tire bill is mm-hmm. probably the one of the most expensive thing you do besides travel, right? And so, I mean, we limited ours to five tires in a, in a practice set just to try to keep those costs down. Yep. Uh, we try to raise, I mean, everybody knows, you know, the track's responsible for so much purse, but then we go on the backside and add to the purse and, you know, people that come to all of our races, if they finish in the top 15 of points, we give them show money, right. you know, to keep them coming because it keeps the car count, which yeah. puts fans in the stands, it puts back gate to the deal. I mean, every bit of it, is part of the process Mm -hmm. but cost like for instance in our world i went to him i said what's it gonna cost you to show up to the racetrack Mm -hmm. and if you're local probably twenty eight hundred dollars is probably the round number it is for all the modified guys it's a round number right and if you go on a bigger touring series i won't name the names but if they're allowing five six eight sets of tires you're you're eight to ten thousand dollars in a set of tires racing for six thousand dollars to win just to show up so I think tires and, 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 and Hoosier and everybody's like oh, grimacing at me right now. But I think that's number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two is you've got to get consistent to the back half of the field. Mm-hmm. You win a lot, and that's great. I mean, you have to win, not from the standpoint of paying for it, yeah. but your legion of fans, how you race, and your growth, mm-hmm. you have to win. Right, I hate to say it. Yeah. Anything else? Sponsors, yeah. Yeah, sponsors to think. keep them. That's what you have to do. Same yeah. thing with us. And so the thing about it is, is you got to make sure the back half of the field's getting there. And I say this all the time, and I'll say it again. The one thing you can't do as an owner, mm-hmm. you when your wife's sitting there looking at the bills or somebody else, whether it's the person paying the bills or whatever, you come home and you say, "Well, I just spent ten thousand dollars. I made fifteen hundred. Because it's a hobby. Yeah. You're not doing this to make money. Right. Not nobody. Anybody that does it other than the NASCAR we, level. It's a passion. It's, it's a passion to do it. So you've got to make sure that you keep the passion alive in grassroots racing. And to do those subtle things helps, but you still, it's got to get better. And Dale Jr., I'm going to say this, grassroots racing is is where it is right now mm-hmm. in the last two years because of the attention junior and they brought a lot of they brought a lot of attention and these grandstands i don't care where you go you, you look at srx you look at the modified tour you look at the cars tour you look everybody all of a sudden what have you seen change in the last two years people in a grandstand that makes it healthy. They've had big numbers here the last two. Oh years. yeah, the, the stands here the stands. Week in, week yeah. But how do we, how did it get? To, how can we get more cars to show up? Uh, keeping costs down, keeping tires down, keeping uh, you know for for me, you know, yeah, I like as a driver, I like running 150 lap shows. But the twin 75s give me two opportunities to race. It gives mm-hmm. me, um, you know, it cuts costs a little bit. So I kind of like the twin races. Mm-hmm. So. Um, South Boston is running a hundred lap this weekend, but most all their races this year have been twins. Twins, yeah. The fans like it because instead of having a a, a two hour show, they, they get a three hour show. You know, mm-hmm. so they make a night of it. I'm convinced that people at South Boston here, if they just opened the track and said we're going to have a party, they would be here just like they were if they were having a race. You know, because yeah. it's an event. They mm-hmm. can eat the blown and burgers, hang out on the tailgating spot. It's just a, a, a yeah. good time. You know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, they do that for July 4th weekend. So, yes. yeah, yeah, they run that thing. And I Which think you can do concerts, event. revivals. You can do so much where you make a, a track like this a multi purpose yep. event space. 
that's going to bring people not just from South Boston and Halifax County, Pennsylvania County, but from say Richmond yeah. or Danville or yeah, well, you Boston. go to you go to this racetrack though and look at it. It's it's kept. It's, it's clean. clean. It's painted. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything looks good. I mean, you might can make an improvement right here in Enfield, you know, with the concessions and the bathrooms, but everywhere else is a full blown racetrack. It's very. Well. I mean, Dominion's really nice. I mean, yeah. you got others that's really up kept, mm-hmm. but Motor some of them and all of them are, they're not putting are there, into. Are it. there any communications going on about to your point streamlining? things not right off you know they're they're trying to make strides. we got the same thing going on in go-kart yeah go-kart racing and i, t- I tell got clone engine we got akra wka we got like, these different groups and a guy can't go somewhere and race on friday night and go race his car somewhere on saturday night so the cars tour is a very good thing it gives opportunity for people to travel around and do some stuff but the problem they've got they've let the rule book get very flexible so now if i want to go race a cars tour i got to have a car dedicated to that tour mm-hmm. and the car store was designed to go to different home tracks and pick up four or five of the local drivers yeah. and come race with them mm-hmm. to, to put people in the stands. You know, like yeah. when the car store comes to South Boston, Peyton Sellers, Carter Langley, whoever the top guys are here ought to be the first ones at the gate to try to compete against that. Mm-hmm. Guys. And are you? We're not because the rules are so different. They're different. I don't, I don't have a car's car. They're, they're not rules. like it's going to compete on a – Now, I did plane. see through the grapevine, you know, they're how the grapevine, they're working on it. I seen last week – was the first well, and time. you see how it works in SRX. I mean, they bring a local driver or even a famous retired driver that was that's their home track, and that brings more people to that's the stands. Right. That's right. So, I didn't realize that. So, what is the main difference in the cars? Is it shock well, rules or the, the, springs? You're looking at them; it's the same, but they've relaxed the shock rule, they've uh-huh. relaxed the body rule, they've relaxed the rear and camber rules. Enough stuff to where I don't feel like I can compete with them week mm-hmm. in and week out. So, um, you know, if they bring the in the Kip Childress is over there now. I think Kip will he's he's had a career in NASCAR. I think mm-hmm. he will kind of reel them back in and say, All right guys, we're gonna go back to the rule book and start teching items now. If they do that, I'll go run some cars races. I'll mm-hmm. go take some off weeks. Tri County's paying thirty grand to win this week. I'll be down there. You know what yeah, I mean? If yeah. they if they do that, mm-hmm. but um you know, the car store hadn't ruined weekly racing, but it hadn't helped because it's kind of drawn a divide between the series. Mm-hmm. So got good fan participation here i don't know why like when i come down here you know alan pickerel he comes to about all the races he likes to see that 26 leading races yes and he likes to see a full grandstand Mm -hmm. yeah when those people see that clarence estate cars car running good they're gonna go eat when they go to martinsville next time yeah absolutely and um that's what we need. We need more cars, but also we need fans in the stands to help, you know, bring out the sponsors. Mm-hmm. Now, what about, you know, uh, I've been reading, or at least on social media, um, Motor Mile, which is now Pulaski right, yeah. Speedway. Yeah. Uh, the manager of that track put something on social media that said, I can't make any money here. Yeah, Mark Ebert. Yeah. And I mean, and I would think when I'm looking at that track, because I was there for the SRX race, it was exciting. It was packed. Oh, the racetrack. But he's saying he can't put anybody in the stands. And he is between Roanoke and Radford and Virginia Tech. I mean, you'd think the population center is much greater over there than it is here in South Boston. What's the difference? I mean, why is that not working, if you have any opinion? I don't know other than culture. You know, like people in South Boston, history, Halifax, history. they're brought up going to the track. Yeah, history. You know, now, he's got a good untapped market with going to Virginia Tech. He needs yeah. to be on that campus promoting it. He needs to be on Radford's campus yeah. promoting it. Yeah, he needs right. to be tailgating. They need to have dollar know, beers on yeah, Saturday night. 100%. At the track. That's right. 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 That's right. Sorority Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, I can I can organize dirt. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cornhole, that'll do it. But, you know, I mean, even, you know, you see now the monster trucks, the mini monster trucks are coming out into the short tracks. It's just, it's a shame because 
As a senator, I've put in bills to make the NASCAR stock car historical trail here in Virginia. We're trying to organize where the, the short tracks work together with the, de- the Department of Tourism to really advocate what, yeah. what is a great sport that started in the Commonwealth of Virginia that's made better by the communities that they serve, yeah. help small businesses in the area. But then when you see something like that where you think that's got to be a winner because it's not that far off the beaten path to get to Pulaski, um, but he can't make it work. Uh, concerns me about the future of short tracks, especially in Virginia. Yeah, in Virginia, we're fortunate. Motor Mile, South Boston, Langley, and Dominion are four of the nicest tracks in the United States. We have as much racing history in Virginia as anywhere in the United States. You're right about that. We have the nicest tracks. Why aren't, you know, Dominion had 22 cars average last year. Between all their races, they had 22 cars average in, in their premier division, the late models. This year, they've got 12 to 15. I don't know what happened to them. You know, the wow. economy is still going well here in Southside, but I know as a whole, the economy is definitely choking back a little bit. Yeah. But um, so I can't answer that question. I don't know where everybody's at. What if we could create a tax deduction for the track or a tax deduction for the for the race team? Yeah. Where any money you're putting into that, because it helps for the economy, it raises taxes by having a 20 or plus car count at every race. Why not the guy that goes out there and has to spend that money, he can take it off his taxes? Well, I or think something like that. Are there any tax benefits for entertainment? Yeah. Industry anyway. Yeah, that's, um, that's yeah, what I was yeah. going to say. We're in the industry. For the oh, track, yeah. too, though. Yeah, I mean, the movie industry, I mean, if you, you want to film a movie in the Commonwealth of Virginia, you're not only getting a tax benefit, you're getting money from the state. Correct. Correct. Which we don't do for this great sport. Yeah, and I think that the competitors would would benefit from that, and I think the tracks would benefit from that, because then they can take that money and put it into purse. They can do other things with yeah, it. Yeah, so long as they reinvested that yeah. money. well, they got to reinvest it. I mean, you know, look, we talked about all those other great tracks, but I mean... You know, one of our best races of the year is Franklin County. And, you know, we listen, it's it's a great modified track for us, but it needs improvement. And, you know, any help that you can do <laughs> would it? Uh, if I gave Whitey Taylor $10, it would go in his pocket. <laughs> well, he would buy enough Trump shit to make $50. Well, you have to, you have <laughs> to write in your, you have to write in your legal lines that it has to do this, this, and this. And then, Wait and a then this is Whitey and, Taylor. No, then that's, Whitey. When, that's when you put, oversee somebody to come in and pay the bills to those individuals. You, there's ways around it. Well, North Carolina did the ARPA money, uh, you know, and they made their they made they invested in tracks and they invested in uh, auto racing business, and so it seems to be a you know a pretty profitable thing for North Carolina. I mean, that's what brought back North Wilkesboro, yep. uh, but the state was willing to do that. I put a budget amendment when we got ARPA money and it got shut down by the Democrats because the Democrats think anything south of the James, and even though Dominion's north of the James, ain't worth or ain't worth investing in. And I think this is really how you revitalize and sustain not just the sport, but these small towns mm-hmm. and these counties that depend on this kind of revenue and this kind of history as well. And see, I've even put in, well, I wrote bills. I didn't drop them last year that basically would have um, created enterprise zones around the track mm-hmm. and made it a tax-free zone for the track. Yep. So I might be actually dropping it this year as we talk, but we've got to do something because I hate to think that a great track like Pulaski can't make it. Right. That that bothers me, especially as you said, and we've been talking about in that and up in that I eighty one corridor. Mm-hmm. I mean, how can you not? It's uh, twenty minutes from Roanoke. It's twenty minutes from Tech. Yep. Tech has the largest population in Montgomery County when the students are in. I mean, you think you have a natural built in audience, and uh, and you see tracks like South Boston doing better than they are, and they're in less populated areas. Yeah, that's a good point. Absolutely. Well, look, uh, Peyton. Um, well, wait, Peyton. Do you need a lawyer? First of all, do you need a lawyer to sue the f*** out of NASCAR? Pardon my language. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll do it. It's water under the bridge right now. I, I definitely, you know, NASCAR, they, they do have the best game in town when it comes to 
you know, full body stock cars, not necessarily modifieds, but, you know, so we have to have NASCAR without a doubt. But when things happen like they did last year, it definitely takes a little bit of the, the drive out of what you do every day. Now, for sure. now that, that reminds me, though, NASCAR, especially when it was Winston, used to pour a lot of money yes. into the weekly series. That, that was Winston. Yeah, yeah, Winston poured a lot of money into it. So, so the sponsor itself. Yeah, absolutely. So, so South Boston could call Winston and say, yeah. hey, we need some paint. And they right. send two pallets of paint to the track. You know, that yeah. was a direct deal. Yeah. And so you actually need kind of like a sponsor like that again who's going to take up and, these small tracks? Yeah, that would be subsidize them. Bailey's Cigarettes stepped in after yeah. Winston mm-hmm. stepped out, and Bailey's put a lot of money into short track racing. Mm-hmm. Well, then the government shut all the advertising down, so you right. know, they, their hands were tied. Because the government wants cigarettes to be illegal, but wants to make marijuana legal. Because that's and and these this skewered vape, thing. Y'all crooked politicians over there. <laughs> got, we need a Shep Moss to straighten that out, don't we? He'd quit. <laughs> Where have you gone, Shep Moss? Well, I'd fix, I'd fix it well, first. Moss. I'd fix it, and then I'd quit. What, what, do you, what do you guys think about the song that went viral this week? That, I think it's that, great. Was it, yeah. Anthony? Oliver Anthony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Oliver Anthony. Yeah, I mean uh, from Farmville. Did you did you invite him to do our national anthem here? Uh, at I haven't Ball? done it yet. But, okay, uh, but that's uh, on the on the list. It kills me because when you see guys like Trump winning the election, and then you see guys like this that just pop up big. That's the pulse of America. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's grassroots America. That's the pulse of where we're all And even though he's right a huge, huge star, that little that bump Jason Aldean got for yeah, that yeah. for that yeah, song. Absolutely. And, but think yeah. about it. And I, and I made this, uh, I, I commented about this at a speech I made last night at a fundraiser. Think about what's bubbling up now to the top. Uh, Target just reported that because they had their Pride Month, they have sunk. They've lost $100 billion in value. Mm-hmm. You've seen you know, Skittles uh, worried that they're going to lose value because they had Pride Month uh, adjustments on the wrapping. You've seen the boycott of Bud Light to the point where Billy Bush of Anheuser-Busch family is saying, just give us the brand back to InBev. And, and you're seeing that they are losing because of this woke agenda. And then what you really see are, is the Jason Aldean song shoots to number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oliver Anthony song overnight yeah. shoots to number one. And, and it's because the message of wokeness is broke. That's right. And quite frankly, what you see is that everybody who, who loves this country has been quiet and is tired of having all of this stuff crammed down their throats. And so when they see something refreshing and new, then, then they're going to, they're going to trend towards it. But what you'll then see, and I guarantee if it hadn't happened already, oh, he says Richmond. Richmond's the capital of the Confederacy. <laughs> oh, Richmond, north of Richmond, north, that's it. And, and they'll turn it into, you know, it's racist, it's misogynist, it's bigoted. But I think now, as we see, when somebody calls you a bigot and you say, no, I'm not, and here's why, they don't have a comeback. Mm-hmm. They just move on to the next topic. I think they're running out of things to attack that were great about America. And now the people that really still do love America. There's a lot more good people. Are supporting the right things. Oh, sure. They're supporting the right things. We've been letting the bad people get all the the attention. But, Peyton, um, as far as from the Saddlers, we have a lot of respect uh, for the Sellers family, what y'all have done on the racetrack, off the racetrack. Not like Ryan Priest. They like you. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, good luck chasing number oh, seven. No, 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 wait, 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 wait. We have yeah. to finish it. Now, look, Peyton, um, we got this smart We've series. We've done so good. We got this smart <laughs> we series. We have a hard time getting off the air. We got a couple cars. Have you ever run a modified before? I have tested a modified once. I've never raced a modified. What did you think of it? I enjoyed every second of it. All right. Yep. So, have we not had, have I not talked to you about running one of these? Hey, I haven't race. What are you doing October? He has talked to me about it. What are you, what are you doing October 14th? And I was scared he's going to put me in that two-seater head. That's what I thought. <laughs> I what, what, what are you doing October 14th? You ain't racing. October the 14th, it should be a quiet weekend. South Boston? Modifieds. 
I, I would love the opportunity if it was right. If it yeah, was that there. sounds hot. So. <laughs> can Clarence come along? <laughs> we, we ain't going to run it without Clarence. Clarence. We can put it. It's got to be a 26 on the back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, uh, Hermie has collected a couple, right? We got a couple sitting in the garage that are not uh, dedicated to Ryan Newman or yeah. Bobby Labonte, right? Yeah, we do. I yeah, called well, him up for, one for time. For this track, uh, Jonathan Cash has been promised a third car, but we we can yeah. we need to we can find a fourth one. We can and, and Jonathan, I know he loves driving those modifieds. Yeah, he, he does a good job too. He's I, a great I was, guy. I raced go karts with Jonathan back in the early nineties. Yeah. Yep, he, we go way back. And we needed somebody to go test Lonesome Pine yesterday in 110 degree heat, he was, and yeah. we couldn't find Bobby or Ryan. Well, I knew where they are. So, They're in a cornfield. <laughs> so Jonathan uh, went and did that, but. Nice. Uh, Appreciate your time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Congratulations you on everything you've accomplished. And and thanks for the maybe about running the modifieds. Absolutely. That yeah. seems we'll like a strong maybe. For that. Yeah. Now, yeah. So I have to call him and I say, hey, man, what if we do this, this? And he says, well, if you get X number of dollars, you can run the yep. car. I know that works. And that yeah. usually shuts it down. But not with this, right? And this, this, I think, Peyton, can can happen. This can work. We'll I would on, love to see this that. one a little bit, too. You'd be good. Yeah. That'd be, be great. Good. Be good. I'm telling you right now, y'all, my wheels see, is already turning see, right look, now. I've asked 16 people, including the lieutenant governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia, if they want to drive the modified one of our races. And they've all said, you know, kind of maybe. And, you know, he's over there making jokes. Uh, Hermie's always joking on me on that. I actually saw a little glint in his eye. Because like, I'm you know, responsible hey. for paying the bill right. for the race team. <laughs> Bill's got all these great you ideas. See, you see the but checks. you do know, realize that our legislature in Richmond has yet to finalize our budget. Right. Yeah. Hey, that ain't me. <laughs> he ain't quit yet, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's no quitting us. No, yeah. I'm not shepping. I'm not shepping. Man, that's a new word. I think all the kids will pick that up. Like, you know, sus and shepping. Oh, so we got a shep right now? It's we time to shep. We're going to shep. <laughs> time to stop. All right, ladies no, and gentlemen. I, I appreciate uh, you guys having me on. No, hey, thank man, you. Peyton, Good luck this is great. Weekend. And let's have you back again. And, and, and certainly, uh, I want to thank you, especially as, as having represented Danville uh, for the past 13 years. Uh, I, if I'm elected again in the new 7th District, it won't have Danville in it. It kind of breaks my heart because I've been there forever. But, man, you're a hero to everybody in the city of Danville. Uh, you really are. Uh, young people, people my age, we all appreciate what you do, and especially uh, keeping it local with the, one of the greatest cities in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Wait, so thank you for that. on the people of Danville? No, no, no. The Democrats re- redrew me. So. Why don't you Remember the president? earlier story I was telling just you? The second Why don't you just move, just the move into it? Well, I do that, just but Frank Ruff would get represent. kind of upset. I think we'd be running against each other, and then we get the minority. But I'm still going to be a senator. See, that's the difference between me and you, Shep. But there you go, another lesson. So we got a Shep right now. We got to get up at Shep, but... Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening to this podcast. Like we said, we've got a heck of a lineup coming up here in the next uh, podcast. Finally, We're going to do it right here real guests coming at in. South Boston Speedway. Yes, it's Hermie Sadler's Rolodex rocking it again. But thank you, Peyton Sellers. Thank you, Dad. Tell him I said hello. I'll do it. I've never, I've never stayed up with a man that old until 3 o'clock in the morning <laughs> talking racing, but it was the best time of my life. So uh, thank you again, Peyton. Uh, and thanks, everybody, for being here. Uh, we're going to be coming back next week. Uh, but until then, enjoy this show. Uh, you can find us on all the major platforms. Give us a five-star review. We'd love that. But also, we've got such a library of race car drivers and politicians and, and lots of topics and that we've talked about. And wrestlers that we've talked about for a long time. And you can hear all of Shep's progression as a South, as a South Hill ex-councilman those are in our libraries as well so if you want to catch up and see why we're here now giving him crap you mean you before, we to that part. before we quit okay, yes yeah. we have shep the active town councilman the adam the, the i mean emotional the yes 
dedicated. Dedicated. I mean, sponsors are going to quit mean, if you don't make concrete. <laughs> Shep Moss back then. So see the transformation of Shep Moss from concrete councilman uh, working for change to man, where's my beer at Lake Gaston? So uh, we also want to thank Pacematic. Pacematic, our, our primary sponsor, not only on our cars but are for we this still podcast. sponsored by Manscaped? Um, I don't think so. I think that that contract ran out. But uh, you can you can still say Manscaped. Sure, go to and, and actually I, I don't have balls left, so. and I put in Sadler promo code Sadler, and I got thirty percent off. I don't have any balls left, so no need for me. Manscaped. Well, give her give his wife the uh, yeah, in, code. It's in her bag. It. Uh, but we really appreciate the listeners and, and especially the feedback. It's a it's a lot of fun doing this, and I hope you've enjoyed it. So, I'm Virginia State Senator Bill Stanley, still employed, didn't quit, and I'm leaning right. And I'm Hermie Saddle, and I'm turning left. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week with more Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator, powered by Pacematic. God bless you all.